0: As I say, David Goodenough's title he put down here was God's Timing. I actually had a title looking forward when I was uh, thinking about this. There's certain times of the year, isn't there, when we reflect on the past. We look back and we're approaching one of those periods now. 5th of November, Remembrance Sunday. Although, of course, in our Christian lives, Easter and the Lord's Supper are the key points for remembering. When we look back, and, and I realise some of us can look back farther than others, we may see many changes that have taken place. Many just happen, and we almost don't realise. One of the problems we face today is that, well, the speed of change. And not only the speed that the actual change takes place but the speed with which change is accepted I was talking to some people this morning and they were saying what we were probably saying here oh it's half term so we won't have You know, people will be away, there won't be many children and we were saying it's not that many years ago when you didn't even notice half term it came, went and you carried on doing everything that you normally do Uh, but now Shuts down because uh, many people go on holiday. So, can you remember? Can we remember what we did before plastic cards? Hole in the wall, contactless. Getting near Christmas, we'll all use sellotape. Can anybody remember what it was like before we had sellotape? Sealed bags for food. Tablets in tinfoil, safety tops on bottles and jars, designed so that only children can open them. Television. DVD players. iPlayer. And of course, change moves on as you're writing things like this, because this week I see that John Lewis is stopping stocking DVD players because there's no call for them now. LCD projectors in worship. Many churches will come to a standstill in their worship if there's a power cut these days. Mobile phones, text messaging, tweeting, computers, iPads, emails, the internet, microwave, freezers, photocopiers. Most of us here, dare I say... The majority of us here um, can remember before all these things that I've mentioned just about, and they just come in. I remember once you wouldn't, you, you know, you would ask somebody if you were taking information or something from you, know, have you got a telephone? And I'm sure some of us can remember when you had to go along to a neighbour to use somebody might have one. Or then when you got a telephone, you shared a line with somebody else. satellite navigation rear sensors for reversing once upon a time we actually looked in the mirror before we backed up now we don't and dare I say occasionally we don't listen to the sensors either (laughs) (laughs) but there's that sort of emergency sound that you get if you haven't listened to it, it's the sort of sound of breaking of glass and uh, (laughs) a bang on the bumper Motorways. I can remember standing on a bridge looking over an empty M1 when it was being built. Well, it was almost finished, so I'm not that old. But it still wasn't in use. The gym. Well, I'm not sure what one of those is. (laughs) Sunday opening, health and safety, political correctness. And I suppose I ought to throw in Brexit. All things that... Not that many years ago, we hadn't even thought of. And if we were doing this in a couple of years' time, there would be other things added. And in five years' time, there'd be a great new list, probably. So how do we as Christians cope with this change but, but still hold on firm to the word of God? Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus ...is the same. Well, of course, some would reply, hold fast, change nothing. We've always done it that way. A number of years ago, there was a telling little... It was a film clip, so i showed you how long ago it was there. That's moved on now, but called Dinah the Dinosaur. The film showed how dinosaurs became extinct because well, she couldn't cope with the change... And is it true of the church in the 21st century? Should we be expecting people to turn out like they used to on a Sunday? Should there be different styles? Well, that's open to debate and we all have views on that, I'm sure. I think if we look at churches today and if we look across the spectrum It is churches that are standing firm to scripture. Who seek God's will. Who gather to pray together. They're the churches that grow. Gimmicks and good ideas tend to fail. Well the book of Joshua opens with the Israelites camped along the bank of the river Jordan. At the very edge of the promised land. And they are completing... A time of mourning for the death of Moses. 39 years earlier they had the opportunity to enter the promised land. But they failed to trust God. And they set off for another circuit of the wilderness. the people of Israel were about to face the greatest change in 40 years and verse 2 of our reading is, is quite stark I sense God punching the words out Moses is dead Moses my servant is dead is the actual words there Moses my servant is dead And again, not God's words, but I can imagine the view was, forget Moses now, he's done what he needed to do. Don't keep looking back. Look forward. I've got something new for you. And Moses is not going to be part of that. You can remember, note Moses, but he can't do anything now. That period of your life is over. It's behind you. It's history. But then note how positive God is. Now then... You and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. Get ready. You're at a point now where something's going to change. Get on with it. Up in the Baytree coffee shop, which we frequent quite often, particularly on a Saturday morning when we meet with a number of people who we we've got to know and some we already knew before we met them there there's a number of quotes around the wall and one of them states don't look over your shoulder you're not going in that direction don't look over your shoulder you're not going in that direction see when god says go forward we mustn't hang on to the past don't look back do what god says listen god knows the future When Jesus is talking to um, his disciples and those round about him in Luke and he's talking about the kingdom of God and he's talking about the second coming, he just throws in the words, remember Lot's wife. What did she do? Why she tried to hang on to the past? There's a couple of important points to pick out from these few verses, first of all there's no criticism of the past there's nothing in there that says the past was wrong or what you've done wasn't right nothing that says Moses got it all wrong there was no criticism the past is a fact, it's happened Use that to base where you're going in the future. I've used this story before. It's a true story in the life of this church when we wanted to change our communion chairs and communion furniture that we had in the church from a big old dark oak with great big chunky chairs to something a bit uh, lighter and light oak at the time when we were doing lots of changes and an elder in the church then called Olive Stanley, a lady who many of you will know, or some of you will know. She was the headmistress, I think, at Rodine School. Was it Rodine? I can't remember or where she was. Cheltenham, was it? Cheltenham, oh, Cheltenham. Anyway, not just a little school. <laughs> Very formidable lady. And, um, but she was a lovely lady, uh, and, uh, but you, you were sort of quaked a little bit when you were with her. And her husband, Howard Stanley, who had been a moderator of the congregational church, as it was in those days, um, she had had two chairs provided with a plaque on when he died, two of those communion chairs. And and we we thought about it and we said, what are we going to do? We want to really get rid of all that communion furniture. And she heard that. And she said, the church needs to move on. You don't want them there now. They're not what you want. As long as they're not chopped up for firewood, get rid of them. And that was a great example of someone who could see that the church needed to move on. And that's it for us, isn't it? Don't chop it up. Throw it away. We can use the past to build the future then of course we see God's clear instruction to go forward and God is always positive sometimes it's difficult to discern God's will, God's plan but actually God is so positive and if we just hang on to what we hear what we say, what we're gu- how we're guided then we move forward now therefore arise and go says God to Joshua. We're not freeze we're not called to freeze in the tracks like uh, of headlights like rabbits. We're called to keep moving. When we're going forward, we need to remember the words that God says to Joshua. 3 times he tells him be confident go forward be bold be strong all the sorts of things that you uh, that you want to hear somebody say and then we do need to respond it's interesting that it talks about Uh, in in verse 6 there be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land i swore to their forefathers to give them then again be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law of my servant moses do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful, have I not commanded you. Be strong and courageous. God doesn't just say be strong and be courageous. He says... Hang on to the book of the law. Hang on to what I have said. And we get those words again in, or similar words, in Jeremiah 29. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. And quite often, I think we had it once at home, you have it on a plaque on the wall, but actually it doesn't stop there the next verse is all part of it then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart then the plans i have for you will make you prosperous that's my bit added on the end going back to the first bit but those verses go together we need to hang on to something we need to do something to make them work i was linking this when i was talking this morning about it with acts chapter eight where we get perhaps a similar message where philip is there in the in the new testament and um Where Philip is preaching to large crowds, miracles happening, healings taking place. It was all going great. And I would imagine that Philip would have wanted to stay in that environment, thinking more and more people will come and... Uh, more people will hear about Jesus. I'm doing what I need to do. But we then read that an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go on the road, the road that leads from Jerusalem to I can't remember oh yes it's Jerusalem to Gaza it's worded there now the angel of the Lord said to Philip go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza so he was going to go from all this excitement all these people all that was happening along this dusty old desert road Jerusalem to Gaza god what are you doing i'm on my own but then he met the ethiopian eunuch and the ethiopian eunuch didn't understand the scripture that he was reading and philip told him about jesus and if philip hadn't been there this ethiopian eunuch would never have heard the gospel. And because Philip obeyed the command and stepped out and went forward and spoke to this person, Ethiopia was opened to the gospel. God's timing is always right. God's timing is the timing that we should be living by. God's timing is what we should be listening to. So what is God saying to us? Where is God placing us in his plan at this time? To go forward and definitely not to keep looking back. We need to seek his will, praying together, worshipping together, meeting together. And most of all, we need to keep our eyes fixed on the goal. And when God says go, we need to go. Amen.